Welcome to the PT MindFlip Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Van Pelt, owner of Craft Physiotherapy, your premier mobile PT practice serving Montgomery County in Maryland. This is the podcast where we talk about how to expand your opportunities, mindset, and abilities within physical therapy, flipping the script on what you've been told is your destiny in this ever-evolving profession. I'll be talking with people who are working within their dream and people still looking for their dream to give you the tools and the confidence to direct your own journey. Let's jump into today's episode. going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the pt mind flip podcast i am dr phil van pelt um coming back i know i've been i i I don't want to call it mia i didn't have an episode last week and my goal is to be able to publish something at least once a week if not more for you guys uh so that there's a level of consistency and accountability for myself but then also um for you guys because if it's too sporadic then it's not really helpful um Things have been really busy, bouncing around a lot in September, so I'm going to do everything I can to make sure it's a little bit more consistent. I wanted to take this episode to talk a little bit about um, are you smarter than your patient, right? And if you read the title of this episode, hopefully you thought, Phil, are you an idiot? Of course, right? Because we think about it in that patient-to-provider context, right? Of course, the provider is going to be smarter than the patient, Um, in that the patient is coming to the provider for help, for knowledge, for assistance, whatever it may be that the patient or the client is looking for, the person who's providing that should be smarter in that context. But um, I think that we often forget this and overlook even that surface level simplicity of, yeah, it would make sense that I'm smarter than my patient within the context, within the the scope of whatever it is that you're practicing or doing or the service you're providing, right? Um, but I think as physical therapists and when we talk about health and fitness and wellness and you know versus sickness, et cetera, including nutrition and exercise activity, <clears throat> that because there's so much information out there that we forget that there's a lot of misinformation out there also. And so there's a lot of people that have wrong or misconstrued information that they think applies to their health, right? That's why you you see crap on the internet and Instagram that's like, take some olive oil and rub it on your low back and it'll help your sciatic pain. If you're in healthcare, you know that's a load of shit. It's not going to do anything except give you an oily back. So kind of humorous, but um, unfortunate just the same, right? So I'm very guilty of this in that I think even though I... I know a lot and I still have a whole lot more that I want and I'm going to learn that I know a lot about the human body and about what is important for people to maintain health and hopefully promote health and promote their health and be active and about the movements of the human body, injuries and getting people back from those injuries and helping to decrease pain, etc. So because I'm surrounded by so many other smart people, I think, within physical therapy, right, we have a lot of go-getters, a lot of really intelligent people within our industry, that it becomes almost acclimated and not dumbed down, but it becomes a new standard where I sometimes forget that people don't know everything that I know, right? And I think every so often a conversation with my parents reminds me of this, and every so often a conversation with a patient reminds me of this, that what I know is not necessarily common sense, right? Which is why I know this information and it is it what allows me to distinguish myself as a professional. 
because it's not common sense. But I am very guilty of this. And I had a situation and a scenario this past week with one of my patients um, that I'm seeing at, at his home for home health. Uh, this gentleman has a myriad of health issues and complexities from he has AFib and he has awful diabetes. He definitely has diabetic uh, neuropathy, can't feel most of his feet, but I don't think that he's really realized that um, explicitly. He is 230 pounds, very sedentary, and he was taking amiodarone for AFib earlier in this year. I think it was like February or March, and it gave him, from what I was told, adverse neurological side effects where his balance and his gait and his legs just weren't working right and he was falling a lot and kind of the running joke almost with him is that you know he's a bit rounder so he tends to bounce and he doesn't hit the ground very hard but a little bit softer so he hasn't gotten explicitly and acutely injured and hurt from his falls but it's still a huge health concern him and I were talking the other day um, about his health and how far he's come um, compared to where he was. He was in a spot in, during the summer in June and July when I first met him where it was looking really, really bad in terms of his, his cognition was awful. He couldn't very often get the date correct, let alone the time. He knew where he was, he knew who he, who he was, but his short-term memory was like non-existent. Um, I think it helped that I was there multiple times a week and that it was very routine for him to remember who I was. But in the first few, visit, few visits, he absolutely did not know. First 10, you know, first month or so, he didn't know who I was. Um, couldn't remember. And then finally started to stick. And now, as the, his doctors have told him, the amiodarone's half-life is starting to clear its way out of his body. And that, that's not the right use of that phrasing of that, but you get what I'm saying. Um, the amiodarone is having less of an effect. They said six to 12 months. So September is the six month mark. He's starting to do and move and feel a lot better, partially because of what we're doing with physical therapy and I'm making him work and move. Um, but also because of the metabolic processes that are happening that allow his body to come back to his normal, right? Um, we were talking about how he can further improve upon his health. And he recognized, you know, he tried, he said, I try and eat healthy and blah, blah, blah. And I, 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 it's really hard for me to take that because this is a man who drinks six, four to six diet Cokes per day, as well as Arizona light iced tea, right? The half and half, zero sugar, but you know, whatever, whatever. But think about, we know all the chemicals that are in that are definitely not good for you. Even if there's no sugar, no calories, it's still toxic to your body especially when consumed chronically over time and in large quantities. Um, you know, I think it's well known that soda is not healthy for you in any capacity, but it tastes good. It makes us feel good. It's a social drink. It's fine. If you have a few, not a big deal. But if you're drinking upwards of five per day, one, that, I don't know, it's just kind of gross. <clears throat> and two, it's not good for your health. So for me, it was kind of a moment where it was laughable on the inside that he tried to say that, oh, I'm I eat, trying to eat healthy. And he mentioned, you know, he had a fish salad for lunch, um, which he really likes the taste of. It's good protein, avoiding, you know, carbs, low fat. And he thought that that was a good spot for him and a good understanding and application of his knowledge and how to eat appropriately. And so I had to kind of stop myself and, and <laughs> gather my thoughts and then say, okay, uh, 
couple things you know with this um, I have talked to him about trying to decrease his soda intake for a while now and it's not hey you need to go from six to zero but how about replace one soda with one bottle bottle of water and I'm starting to get some budge some understanding and some acceptance on his part and it's never a, hey here's what you need to do but a it would be beneficial and helpful to you to for your progress if you were to make a change such as this, right? So I try and phrase it in a way that makes it an option and something that would be beneficial and important for him, but not be a, you have to do this, otherwise your life is over. If you don't listen to me, then like I'm done, right? So I'm not trying to create that wall, but provide opportunities for solutions. And in reality, a lot of physical therapy is us guiding people through the process and educating them as best we can. And they have to decide how far they wanna go with a lot of what we're doing and what we're teaching and showing them. And so he's, he has some very, very incorrect information and understandings when it comes to nutrition. And so him and I talked a little bit about what protein and fat and carbohydrates and how they're each important to our bodies um, and why it's not necessarily that we have to restrict and not have any carbohydrates or have any fats. Um, but that there are healthy fats and that there are unhealthy fats, saturated fat that you might see in mayonnaise, which may very well have likely been in his fish salad, right? So um, trying to give small bites of knowledge to him that he can kind of digest and, and internalize and understand without it being so overly complex so that it's overwhelming for him. Now, I have been trying to give tidbits of information as I go along you know, when it comes up um, about his nutrition and talking about it with his wife, um, about how ways that we can help set him up for the best possible success, right, with his health, given where he is. Um, sometimes it falls flat. Sometimes it's, uh, yeah, 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 I know, I hear it. But when they start to regurgitate information and you go, ooh, that's not totally right, that's not totally correct, trying to kindly and not demeaningly shift that, correct that, so that you can help them in a way that doesn't feel like they're being patronized. That's, I think, a really important thing. Um, and so I had a conversation with him and we talked about this, but it was a reminder to me, this conversation, where I felt, I feel like it's common sense that people understand that you need a certain ratio, you need a certain number of macros, uh, you know, kind of meet your macros, excuse me, when it comes to protein, carbohydrates, and fats, that they're not evil in and of themselves, and that even in chicken breast, you've got protein, but you also have carbohydrates. You know, if you have a bag of M&Ms and you have an apple, they're both carbohydrates, but I think most people, 99%, I'd like to say, can tell you which one is healthy and which one is not, right? But even then, the awareness that an apple is a carbohydrate versus it's a fruit or vegetable, right, and how that plays into the larger picture, I think a lot of people don't know this stuff, right? So we have to be proactive and try and remind ourselves that people don't know what you know. And if you're listening to this, you're, all, you're a smart person. Not because you're listening to this explicitly, right? It, but because you're probably in healthcare and you're probably trying to grow as a person and as a professional and an intellect to help other people as well as help yourself, your community, help better the world, the health of the people around you. You're trying to do good stuff for other people and one that's really, really important and commendable. So thank you for doing what you do. 
But two, if you got this far, if you got through PT school or you're still in PT school and you got into PT school, you're probably a pretty smart person because the academic requirements and the rigors and the hoops that we're required to jump through to get to the points that we are each in individually, you yourself and me where I am right now, like it's, it's not a walk in the park. So you have to have some level of capacity when it comes to the capability of your brain. So you're smart, but remember that not everyone is as smart as you when it comes to this information. And that actually there's a lot of people who, not that they're dumb, I'm not trying to say that in any way, but they have wrong information. A lot of times to no fault of their own. And it's our responsibility and our, I don't want to call it obligation. I really like the word responsibility there. To help correct this to help teach people because even before social media where you'd see an Instagram post about rubbing olive oil on your low back to help with your low back pain, you had magazines and you had other avenues. I feel like Dr. Oz is notoriously gets in trouble for this. Um, he had to go to Congress because he was like spewing out wrong information. There, are, there were older ways that people were getting incorrect information. They weren't taught this stuff in health class growing up. They weren't taught this stuff in school growing up. Parents weren't really taught this, so they didn't teach their kids necessarily correctly. And now it's time for us as healthcare professionals, as physical therapists, to be a part of that equation. Now, I'm not saying with nutrition, we have it all, we know it all. There are other practices, other professions that definitely have a better handle on it. Registered dietitians, nutritionists, etc. Those guys, this is, this is their main focus. But as physical therapists, and in my opinion, hopefully being the primary care provider for people when it comes to musculoskeletal injuries, orthopedic issues, as well as um, I, I'd like to say overall physical health, right? Kind of ignoring the internal medicine portion of it, not ignoring, but in tandem and in, in uh, congruence with an internal medicine doctor or physician. Having that role, we are in a spot to be able to help people learn more and learn better information, I dare I say that, learn the right or correct information on how to hone in on their health and nutrition, what's important for their physical activity, what's required, what's recommended, what we know from science and literature and research, and all the above. Testimonials, um, people's personal stories where we see you know, a guy is severely overweight and then he makes a huge change in his life and he has the opportunity to move forward in a more healthy lifestyle. It's, people, we can see it's possible, but it becomes too overwhelming. And I think it's our job to break it down for people so that they can understand it and have it be tangible and usable and actionable by them. I think that's a really important piece as well. So my goal with this is to kind of remind myself and then also you hopefully that are you smarter than your patient? And the answer is yes. Now, I think we forget that when we're one-on-one with a person because it's a personal interaction and less so of a authoritative, I'm talking down to you, I'm teach, like kind of a teacher-student. It's more of a, you know, I, in a strict sense of teacher-student or authoritarian, authoritative, micro-vocabulary, uh, definitions, that role to a subordinate. Right, that's not the scenario that we have. It's more of, hey, I'm trying to 
help you and assist you with something and it's a more altruistic, more compassionate situation, which I think leaves people forgetting that we have more knowledge and more information than our patients or clients. And so despite this patient who is 77 years old, I'm only 26, and I think when we think about you know, aspects like that, that subconsciously affect our credibility or level of expertise perceived by the patient, you know, and he's never mentioned this or given me any indication that he thinks this. Oh, well, I'm 77 years old. I've lived almost two more you know, of your lifetimes in my life than you've lived in your one, right? So he's 77, I'm 26 add two more of my lifetimes, that is almost equal to his lifetime. Oh, I know so much more than you because I have you know, experience. Uh, yeah, well, this is my forte, and he has his own piece. That is his forte. He was, he's incredible with the English language. Poet, really good at understanding and making that flow. I, I just kind of ramble. So if you're still listening, thank you. But yeah, I think it comes down to this teenagers versus parents where as the younger person in the scenario, we look up to the older individual and I think subconsciously we forget that we know more than them when it comes to physical therapy and it comes to health, partially because of the indoctrination that people who are older than you, kind of reverence for the elderly, which unfortunately has fallen by the wayside in terms sometimes when it comes to respect. And I'm not saying be disrespectful or that you need to be disrespectful. Like you need to be respectful to everyone, regardless of who they are and where they come from and their background and experience. But I think there's almost a, we withdraw a little bit. And so, you know, my, my mom always used to tell me, partially because when I was a teenager, I was quite arrogant. I still am somewhat cocky apologize something I'm working on being better at and it only comes out in certain times and aspects but she always told me that you know she was smarter than me and part of like this concept was that she had more experience and that's absolutely true within certain aspects right owning a home being in a relationship for however many years marriage the kind of problems you come into and face in life get bigger as you get older and so once you do that right? Now you're able to tackle that. You look back and you go, oh, that wasn't that bad. And then you go from there. So in the broad spectrum, sure. But I know my mom's listened to a couple of these. Mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but you are not smarter than me at this. And if we have baby boomers and older patients that are open to learning from younger healthcare providers, because I've absolutely had times where I've had patients look at me and be like, oh, you could be my grandson or you could be my son. And it's like, yeah, you're right, but I can still help you. I, this is hopefully a call for any random person who's not a physical therapist or healthcare professional to be listening to this. Please keep an open mind. And if you're younger, please also keep an open mind and humbly understand the fact that you can be smarter at something than somebody without being better than them. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. And I think a lot of this has to do with, one, we are able to learn faster with the readiness of information and the availability of information with the internet and social media um, and all the tools that are so easily accessible to us compared to when our parents grew up in the 70s and 80s. Information was more accessible to them than it was their parents, right? So compare us to our grandparents, it's the, the chasm is quite wide with the ability not necessarily internally, but externally, to learn more and become more of an expert at something um, in a shorter period of time. So, not that I know it all, but I know enough where I can help you. And I, I can help 
my patients and my clients, and you are in a similar position. If you're still listening to this, you can help people because you are smarter than your patient or your client at what you are trying to help them with. I hope you are, because if you're not, then you really need to dive deeper and get really, really good at what you're doing. And there will be a 2% you know, scenario where like you know, you're trying to help somebody out with being healthier, and it turns out, like in my scenario about nutrition, that the person happens to be an RD. They happen to be a registered dietitian. Fine, you may not know more than that person, and that's okay, but for the grand scheme, general population, you know more about people, how to help people strive towards healthy when it comes to exercise, when it comes to sleep and nutrition and a slew of other kind of areas that we talk about and help our patients hone in on to become a better version and healthier version of themselves so they can live better, happier, more fulfilling lives. You've got it. Don't forget that. Remain humble. Remember that you still have a lot to learn. I still have a lot to learn. And we're going to continue to grow. And science may change. We may find out more information as time goes on. But don't let the, this subconscious notion of what you know being common sense that everybody else knows. Like what, you know, it's like, why is common sense not common sense? Uh, it's not, common sense is not common, right? Because I think part of it is other people other people, quote unquote, aren't as smart, but other people don't know everything that you know, right? And sometimes I, I forget that. And I said that earlier, but like, I forget that not everyone knows what I know. And so I want you to remind you that not everyone knows what you know, and you need to share your information, share your knowledge and expertise with anybody that you can to help them improve their lives, to provide them value. And if you do that at the end of the day, whether or not you made money with it, if you provide value to other people, I think you'll go to sleep and you'll feel really good about yourself. If you help somebody with the expertise and knowledge that you have, you're going to do really good for the world. So do good for the world. Do good for yourself. Remember that you are smarter when it comes to physical therapy than your patient. And it's not that you need to rub it in their face, but find ways, and this is where coaching and soft skills and personal, like motivational interviewing comes in, to be able to provide them in a higher level of value for the experience that they're getting. And it may be simple things like, you know, you need to drink more water because it's when it's just good for you. We all know that. But what's the average number of times you're supposed to go to the bathroom per day? It's like seven. You're supposed to pee like seven times per day. And if you're not drinking enough fluid to go to the bathroom that many times in a day, count once in the morning, once at night, and you about five in between type of thing, right? Then you probably aren't drinking enough fluids, enough water in particular. It's little things like that, that people go, well, and it, you don't have to phrase this, you aren't drinking enough water, but as a, it could be help, it would be helpful to you to drink more water because, right? And here's how this affects X, Y, and Z. We know dehydration of even 2% has a significant impact on performance when it comes to sport. Life is a sport. We are athletes. And so this applies to patients and clients no matter what area and aspect of the spectrum that you are in when it comes to the sickness, wellness, fitness kind of continuum. It's all very similar information. It's just how it's scaled to the patient or person or client that's in front of you. So 
hope that helped and that you can feel more confident in yourself because you should be, right? And not, again, I didn't say you should be arrogant or you should be cocky. We should be confident in our skills and our knowledge base and what we know to be able to help people in a compassionate, empathetic, patient-centered, client-centered focus. If you help other people, things will go well for you. I hope everyone has a great day. If you have any comments, any questions or you know pieces that you'd like to input on this, please um, feel free to put it on the Instagram post related to this. Feel free to send me an email. Feel free to message me on Instagram at PTMindFlip or you can email me at VanPeltPT at gmail.com. Don't really email me. I, don't, I, I mean, you can, but I prefer a social media. I tend to check there more, tend to be a little bit more active there. So reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you think about what I talked about today. And then I will catch you on the other side. Have a good day, guys.